0: Star Trek Excelsior is proud to bring you our 2013 Boxing Day Special, the biography of Lieutenant Commander Neva. Ten days before the arrest of General Isaac Brahms. Commander Neva, you may approach the dock.
1: Thank you, Your Honor.
0: Your name, for the record?
1: Lieutenant Commander Neva.
0: Neva Temva, isn't it?
1: No, Your Honor. I have no legal surname.
0: I see. The Inheritance of Altair reminds you that without truth, there can be no civilization. If you deceive this court in any matter, large or small, your life is forfeit. Do you understand this, Lieutenant Commander Neva?
1: I swore an oath to the truth when I joined Starfleet, Your Honor.
0: Then we'll proceed to questioning. Where were you born, Commander?
1: I... I'm sorry? Are you the prosecuting attorney? I thought you were the judge.
0: This is Altair 7, Commander, not a Federation courtroom. Normally, your failure to immediately answer the question would be construed as contempt. But since we are very grateful to your government for making you available as a witness in this case, we shall overlook the matter.
1: I apologize, Your Honor.
0: To answer your question, we do not employ separate attorneys on Altair. We are the judge for the prosecution. Our silent counterpart at left is the judge for the defense. Since you are our witness, the prosecution will ask you all questions and pass judgment on the integrity of the inheritance's case. May we proceed?
1: Of course, Your Honor.
0: Where were you born, Commander?
1: Caught, Your Honor. It's a former Klingon colony on the border with the Tholians.
0: Former colony?
1: The colony failed. It was abandoned to the criminal element. A small Klingon military garrison stayed behind to secure the system, but they had no role in the governing of the planet.
0: And your upbringing reflects that origin?
1: Your Honor, I object to that suggestion in the strongest possible terms. It is untrue and insulting.
0: The Inheritance apologizes. Please accept this rephrasing of the question. Who was your mother, Commander Neva?
1: Jirai Julak.
0: And her occupation.
1: She was a so-called Orion Animal Woman, with substantial power in the sector until she was expelled by the Syndicate.
0: But that was years before you were born, wasn't it? How did she make her living afterward?
1: My mother was a whore, Your Honor.
0: And your father?
1: I consider my father to be Professor Jason Fellows, a human tenured to the Faculty of Quantum Mechanics at the University of New Berlin on Earth.
0: We would like you to identify your male biological parent, Commander. A close emotional bond is not required, only an X chromosome.
1: The man you describe is Temva, a notorious pirate who has operated just inside Tholian space for several decades, often on behalf of the Orion Syndicate.
0: Is this man in the chamber with us today?
1: Yes, Your Honor.
0: Could you point him out to us?
1: He is standing three meters away from me, chained up, on the Pillar of the Accused.
0: Were you ever a member of his crew?
1: Well, I was a stowaway, Your Honor. I was nine. I wanted to spend time with my dad, and DeRay always told me he was a yamak merchant.
0: So you snuck aboard his vessel. Were you discovered?
1: Of course. I lasted a few days, but eventually I crawled out of waste control to find food. We were safely away from cots by then.
0: And was Temva happy to spend some time with his daughter?
1: Temva did not acknowledge me as his daughter, a fact for which I have grown grateful over the years. He kept the Tellarite crew members from enslaving and killing me, so I guess I'm grateful for that, too. And he put me to work, tending the Animals? Animals? Were these animals pets?
0: Were they kept aboard for companionship?
1: There's no room on a pirate ship for companionship, Your Honor. Not even the animal kind. These were Lycipian Antlians. The crew used them during boarding actions to tear through secure bulkheads and break force fields.
0: And were these antlions ever used to murder civilians, Commander?
1: I I never witnessed that, Your Honor.
0: Yet you have cause to believe it.
1: The Antlians usually came back from missions covered in blood and viscera. Sometimes it was crystal dust, hot to the touch. I was responsible for showering them, especially their fragile eyes.
0: Crystal dust? Was that the remains of Tholian, Carapace?
1: I am not an expert, Your Honor.
0: This is Altair Seven, Commander. You are free to speculate. In fact, you are obliged.
1: I would speculate that the crystal dust was Tholian flesh, yes, your honor.
0: We feel compelled to tell you that this testimony would lead to your execution under Altair law. You are protected by your Federation citizenship, of course, yet we feel compelled to ask, how did you feel about your tour of duty as a pirate, commander?
1: I wish I'd listened to Carnus, your honor. Who is Carnus? The son of the Klingon garrison commander, my only friend in the ruins of Kot. He's my brother, in far more ways than that man is my father. He didn't want me to leave. He gave me his grandfather's doc tog knife for protection. That blade saved my life more times than I can tell you.
0: Very well. How did you come to join Starfleet, Commander?
1: Well, when I was fourteen, Temba's ship struck a spatial anomaly. We lost power and propulsion. The damage was superficial, but we were adrift in disputed space with a very big price on our heads. We were out there, running silent, hoping for a miracle, for more than a month. By the third week we were beginning to starve to death. We started eating the Antlians. Another week and I think the Tellarites would have eaten me. Then a merchant vessel, flying under Federation colors, happened to pass by. It was armed, or we might have attacked it, but instead Temva burned out the last of the battery reserves to call for help. Most of us thought he was crazy, especially the Brintari. They'd never heard of the Federation, and extending a helping hand was a good way to end up dead in our corner of the galaxy. But we underestimated the compassion of the citizens of the Federation.
0: Or perhaps you overestimated their intelligence.
1: Your Honor, I recognize the delicacy of my legal station here, but if you dare make a suggestion like that again, I will cease cooperating with this trial and bring down your case around your ears. We underestimated the Federation's compassion. Go on. Professor Fellows, the passenger on the merchant ship, was sent over as their representative. They said it was because he had the engineering expertise to assess our damage and the language skills to communicate. But I think it's just because he was braver than the rest. During his tour he noticed me, a little Orion girl about to hit puberty in a ship full of evil men. He agreed to hand over the necessary supplies to effect repairs, and he told them the price for that assistance. Me.
0: Professor Fellows tried to purchase you from your father.
1: He didn't try. He succeeded. My father thought Professor Jason was a chump for fixing his ship at such a low, low price. He only lost his daughter, not something really important like the alcohol stockpile. The traders made the exchange, and I was taken back to Professor Jason's ship.
0: As a slave?
1: Well, technically, I suppose. But the moment I stepped onto the merchant vessel, the law emancipated me and made me a Federation citizen.
0: Less than five years later, you joined Starfleet.
1: Why? I was already halfway into Starfleet when Professor Fellows rescued me. Karnas had taught me about my honor. After four years on a pirate ship, my honor was about the only thing I had left. Starfleet rewards honor. When I met Uncle Allens, a pilot assigned to the DMZ, the idea of following him into service seemed natural.
0: And you've had a successful career in Starfleet?
1: My record speaks for itself. The Saigon, the Moncala, the Jericho Project, Newberg, the Totalic, the Appalachia, and soon, the Excelsior. I've been everywhere.
0: Yet you are on a riot, like your parents.
1: Are you implying I'm racially inferior?
0: Only that it can't have been easy.
1: There have been tensions, yes, some of my male commanding officers. I'm now on a strict regimen of cutting-edge pheromone suppressants. The gender thing shouldn't be a problem anymore. Is this relevant to your case in any way?
0: All truth is relevant, Commander Neva. Did you ever feel as an Professor Fellow's decision to liberate you was a sign of the Federation's fatal arrogance? His paternalism running roughshod over your family and
1: traditions? Of course Professor Jason acted paternalistically. He is my father. That is his job. And on that note, Your Honor, that question was strike two. I don't know what political game you're playing with Temva's trial, but I want nothing to do with it. Goodbye.
0: By the inheritance, we demand that you stay.
1: Gods! You lay one hand on me, your honor, and it's an act of war with the United Federation of Planets. Is Altair Seven ready for that? No, I didn't think so.
0: In that episode of Star Trek Excelsior, Lieutenant Commander Neva was played by Kennedy. The judge was James Haney. The vignette was post-produced by Shane Davidson and narrated by Mike Hennessy with music by Samuel Gillis. Special thanks to Emily Potter. James Haney here. I'm told these credits are running a little short and I've been asked to pad them with some extra content. First, thanks to J.J. Abrams. Many Excelsior fans found us because they love your movies. Many other Excelsior fans found us because they hate your movies. Either way, you're a net plus for us. Second, thanks to the folks who post the Starship Excelsior discussion forums, which you can find on our website, starshipexcelsior.com. You should totally go there, and this is definitely not a shameless plug for a very lonely section of our website. Third, thanks to Shane Davidson, who produced this episode, In less than 5% of the time it took me to record these extra credits. No infringement is intended against Star Trek which remains the property of CBS Paramount Television. They are looking for Avalon, and they must never find it.